kill, kill. It is now time to kill, kill, kill. The sun has set. I will kill you in your sleep. Creepy Podcast, Episode 9. Boop, death, death, kill, kill. This is creepy. Willie and I don't care. Shut up, you damn whiners. The sun has set. The lights are kill, kill, kill. It is now time to kill, kill, kill. The sun has set. I will kill you in your sleep. Creepy Podcast, Episode 9. Boop, death, death, kill, kill. This is creepy. Willie and I don't care. Shut up, you damn whiners. The sun has set. The lights are kill, kill, kill. It is now time to kill, kill, kill. The sun has set. I will kill you in your sleep. Creepy podcast. Episode 9. Boop, death, death, kill, kill. This is creepy. Willie and I don't care. Shut up, you damn whiners. The sun has set. The lights are kill, kill, kill. It is now time to kill, kill, kill. The sun has set. I will kill you in your sleep. Creepy podcast. Episode 9. Deep death, death, kill, kill. This is creepy. Willie and I don't care. Shut up, you damn whiners. The sun has set. The lights are kill, kill, kill. Alright, here we go. We're, we're rolling recording. With the new apparatus. Thank you to Pumpkin Butt for giving me this brand new piece of material so I may spread my diseases. So, like I said before, we're, I'm about branching out. I don't want to completely rip off the creepy paste site. So, you know, the reason I got into, into the creepy paste in the first place is because I like the urban legends and all that weirdness. So, I've been sourcing a few other websites, and this is a, a an article off of ThoughtCatalog.com from 2013 and there are so many reports of encounters with what are known as the black-eyed kids i thought it might be fun to read a few supposedly true life encounters with the black-eyed kids and no they're not a new hip band (laughs) number one midnight caller by no sleep 2012 it almost felt like a dream i woke up to my dog lucy barking She was upright on the bed where my husband and I were sleeping with our 22-month-old daughter, staring at our door like an unknown stranger was out there rummaging around. I thought she was just freaking out over a house noise. We'd only had her for three months and she was still a puppy. It could have been anything. Our roommate, a creak from the house settling, the awnings moving outside in the breeze. I wasn't too concerned, initially. I decided the best bet would be to open the door and show her nothing was there. It sounds a bit silly, but it's what we do with our daughter when she gets scared, and I figured it should work with a puppy, too. I opened the door and she raced to the front door. She stood there, snarling at the door. It was an angry, violent growl, one I had never heard her make before. I looked groggily at her and opened the baby gate blocking the doorway, planning to open the door and show her everything was okay. The second my hand reached for the deadbolt, Lucy went wild. She started barking and jumped towards me, and when I touched the metal, she suddenly changed her temper. She whimpered, almost like she was afraid and backing down. As her mannerism changed, so did mine. I wasn't calm anymore. My heart was racing and sinking at the same time. I had been flooded with a mixture of fear and dread. I looked through the peephole. I can't explain why I looked, but I did. Outside were two kids. That's that's fucking terrifying. Kids are terrifying. One was just a smidgen shorter than me. I didn't look much younger. I'm 21. 
and she looked to be 16 or 17. She was slender and pale. Her hair was a light shade of honey blonde, and she wore it long, about mid-back, with long, thin, blunt bangs in the front that covered most of her eyes. She wore jeans, a light wash that's popular right now, and a thin-looking olive-colored pullover-style hoodie. So she's very stylish. Yes, okay. She held the hand of a small girl who looked to be around three or four, in the same style jeans and a button-down ivory cardigan. So they both shop at Old Navy. The smaller one looked at the floor, shyly, but had the same shade of hair tied back in a ponytail. She held a stuffed toy under her free arm, and it was identical to the one my daughter has, as was their style of dress. Had it not been for the feeling of overwhelming dread and fear, I probably would have asked these children. <laughs> Had it not been for the feeling of overwhelming dread and fear, I probably would have asked these children in and given them some tea or hot chocolate to get them out of the bitter cold. Something about them seemed off. At this point, I hadn't made any noise. I hadn't shushed the dog or grumbled. Nothing. I hadn't turned on any lights. These kids had no indicators I was at the door. The older one spoke. Get exclusively creepy TC stories here, but... Oh, wait, that's an ad, sorry. <sighs> she had a voice that was mature, confident, strong, and accentless. She held her head tilted downwards, and I couldn't see her eyes. She said, We have to use your phone. I stood frozen in fear. How did she know I was there? Well, she's looking at you. She raised her head to face me directly, and that was when I saw her eyes. There was a reason I couldn't see them through her bangs before. They were black, or midnight blue, or a dark, dark purple. They were otherworldly. She said, Our mother is worried. As someone who's always been interested in creepy stories, I knew what she was the second she looked at me through the door. I have never been one to believe in these things as a staunch atheist and skeptic when it comes to the paranormal. I had written off many a ghost story from friends and family members eager to tell their tale. I didn't believe it. Still, I couldn't rationalize my way out of this. I was standing with nothing but a thin wooden door between me and a black-eyed kid. There was no questioning what was right in front of me. Yeah, like the worst hip-hop group ever. Remember the black-eyed kids? Like they were huge a few years ago. God. Somebody fought it. That's all. Somebody. Something starting. The one about the oatmeal. My lumps. Yeah. My tasty lady lump. Uh-huh. It's my shit. Make sure you don't step in it. I did not answer her. Slowly and silently, I backed away from the door. Lucy still cowering at my ankles. She kept talking. Just let us in to use your phone. I took another step back, and with that step, the tone changed. At first, she seemed polite. When I took that second step back, she became commanding, almost hostile. We're not going to hurt you. If we wanted to do that, we would have broken in. I'll ask again. May we come in and use your phone? Lucy snarled at the door, and I inched backwards, though something inside me seemed to be slowly pulling me back towards the door. It wasn't a physical pulling so much as a lasso around my neck. No, it was... 
<sighs> a subconscious need to go back and let them in. Ooh, that's not good. That's, you're not supposed to let them in. Don't do it. Once they get in, they never leave, and they put their feet up on the furniture, and they eat all the good cereal. I got to my room, covered up the window, locked the door, and sat there in the dim light of the nightlight. Dim light of the nightlight! I heard her call me back to the door once more, and then quiet. I didn't go back to sleep that night, and I haven't slept right since. I know from reading about them that BEKs can't just come in without permission. I know that they haven't hurt anyone, but I still feel... I know they haven't hurt anyone, but I still fear I'll be the exception. When I told my husband, he said it was just a dream. He keeps telling me to forget it, to take my medicine, to put on that outfit he likes, you know, the one with the tail, the furry thing with, you know, the cat mask, and, you know, to keep taking the pills and watching Real Housewives and listening to Kanye Worst. It's okay, just keep doing it. It's okay. He keeps telling me to forget it, but this lingering feeling of sadness, yeah, that's, I get that from all that pop culture too, a lingering feeling of sadness. This dread when the house is silent at night, this fear of a knock at the door, this tells me otherwise. Otherwise. Number two. Okay, I guess this is going to be like that. Number two. Bus encounter. Ooh, this is going to be bad already. Because the bus is just... It's going to be bad. Written by... Deleted. And it's in brackets. Deleted in brackets. This is bus encounter by deleted in brackets. I was riding the bus back home after work. It was about 1 a.m. I'm a security guard and often work odd hours. So I'm, um, it's I, apostrophe M-M. So I'm um, sitting there, and this guy gets on, sits across from me. He was wearing a suit, had a briefcase, regular looking guy in his 20s. What struck me about him at first was that he was chewing a cigar, not smoking it. You can't smoke on the bus. So I was just looking at him while he stared out the window and chewed his cigar. Mm. Delicious. And all of a sudden he turned and looked at me. His eyes were pitch black, just as you described. My heart started beating like a mad motherfucker. And I felt my gorge rising. (laughs) Are you terrified or are you getting a boner or is that something that your body confuses? My heart started beating like a mad motherfucker, and I felt my gorge rising. I started to panic, and I had no idea why. I just turned into Schwarzenegger. I was just pants-shittingly terrified of this guy. Then he grinned at me, and his teeth were all covered in tobacco bits and brown juice. The cigar slammed. The cigar clamped between them. I almost screamed. But instead... 
I had the presence of mind to just get up and take the seat right behind the driver. Oh, yeah, that's what you always got to do. You get up and you take the seat right behind the driver. Uh I calmed down a bit after that, but I kept an eye on the guy. He ended up chatting with some girl that got on, and they were still talking when I got off. I later convinced myself he was just trolling me, having fun with a pair of contacts. Now I wonder. I wonder. Halloween. This is story number three by Sarah Beth Eleven. This is so funny. I'd never heard of BEKs before my incident, so I come on here to post my story, and the first story I see is about a BEK. Weird. Let me preface this by saying I'm no means a writer, just a domestic engineer living in North Texas. Also, I don't believe in the paranormal, ghosts, demons, aliens, whatever. However, I did have an event happen to me this Halloween, I have to admit, has me scratching my head. Well, you can get a topical cream for that. It's probably just lice. I don't think bed bugs sleep in your hair. Or it could be ghosts. Because ghosts leave you all itchy. Oh, it's an itchy ghost. <laughs> no, I've got itchy ghost syndrome. No. Ooh, it's like having poison oak. Ooh. This is my first post on Reddit. And sorry to say I'd never even heard about it until yesterday. I told my best friend about my incident. And she's an avid reader of No Sleep and told me if I didn't post it, she would. So here I am. Anyway, hope you like. So... It had been a slow trick-or-treat night in our neighborhood that evening, which is pretty odd in itself. We usually have kids from different areas dropped off in ours and have a constant parade at our door. We had our pick. We all had our serrated blades and had huffed all of that floor cleaner and taken at least three hits of acid apiece. And Man, that whiskey was just flowing. Oh, like when you have a hot knife, a 10-year-old's stomach is just like a cube of butter. We're past the statute of limitations on such things. So it had been a slow trick-or-treat night in our neighborhood that evening, which is pretty odd in itself. We usually have kids from different areas dropped off in ours and have a constant parade at our door. That night I'd say we'd had no more than eight or ten groups of kids come by the entire night. It was around 9.30 and my husband and I were sitting in our family room watching some of those ghost shows based on supposedly actual events. Like I said... I don't believe in that stuff, but I do like a good ghost story now and then, and it was Halloween and all. We hadn't had any activity at the door in over half an hour. It was getting late, so we decided to turn the porch light of and let our dog Chloe out of her crate. Chloe is an American bulldog and is very docile. We only put her in her crate because we're afraid. She tried to get out and play with all the kids. And by play, I mean drag them around by their faces. Because that's fun to drag children by their faces when you're in fun. To drag children by their faces when you're in fun. To drag children by their faces when you're a dog with sharp teeth. And you like chocolate and they won't let you have any because supposedly it'll kill you. But you don't care. Give up the fucking chocolate. We only put her in her crate because we're afraid she'd try to get out and play with all the kids and I didn't want to have to chase her down the street. Also, we didn't want her to scare any of the kids because she would look a little intimidating to the younger kids. So I turned the outside light off and let Chloe out and she followed me back to the couch and lay down at my feet. It was getting close to 10 p.m. when my husband decided he'd had enough fun for the night and was going to go upstairs, take a shower, and get ready for bed. 
After all, it was Thursday and he still had to get up early the next day. My teenage son was out with his friends at a local haunted house and wasn't expected back for another hour or so. So that left me alone on the couch with Chloe. <laughs> this is a, a this is a story arc I wasn't expecting to happen here. This is a well, <laughs> is this hashtag bestiality? Because yeah, it's the best bested by another species. Now, just because I don't believe doesn't mean that those shows don't freak me out a bit. And being alone now watching, I'd have to say, was kind of on edge, as it were. It wasn't long after I heard the upstairs water for the shower turn on when there came a light knock, knock, knock at the front door. My initial reaction was, What the hell? Really? It's almost 10 o'clock. Go home. But soon an uneasy feeling came over me. Why the knock? <laughs> Our doorbell glows, and in the dark and without the porch light, it would be extra obvious to anyone there. I paused. I couldn't really just ignore it. Our front door has a big beveled glass panel and anyone right at the door could see it enough to see someone was in the family room watching TV and doing meth. It would be pretty rude for me to just sit there and not answer it and not offer them some meth because it's obvious that they're meth heads. Knock, knock, knock. Again from the door. I glanced down at Chloe and she was gone. My gazed followed her usual path. My gazed G-A-Z-E-D My gazed followed followed her usual path to the front door expecting her to be on her way there as she normally does nothing she wasn't there i stood up to look around the room better and found her crouching by the back door like she was wanting out however she never asks to go out like that she always comes and licks my hand or puts her head on my knee this was totally out of character for her and i have to say heightened my anxiety Chloe, great, I said. Just... She just turned back to look at me like, Hell no, lady. I'm moving. I'm moving. I yelled up to my husband. But if he was already in the shower, I knew there was no chance of him hearing me. Knock, knock, knock. Knockity, knock, knock. Knock, 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 About that time, a car drove down our street and cast just enough light on the door to where I could see the silhouettes of two small children through the glass. I instantly felt as if Sir Mix-a-Lot was close by. I instantly felt relief. It was just some kids, probably a couple of my neighbors on the way back home that wanted to stop by and show me their costume or put them on the glass or something. I headed to the door and looked back to make sure Chloe wasn't going to follow what a great watchdog, I thought to myself, as she just sat there. <laughs> so critical. I turned on the porch light when I got to the door, and sure enough, I could see through the glass that it was a couple of pretty small kids. A little late for such young ones, I thought, and I began to wonder about what kind of parents would let their kids run the street that late at night, saying, One of us! One of us! I only opened the door enough to where I could block Chloe's escape if she decided to grow some balls. Gross. <laughs> do dogs do that? Oh. oh, my dog grew balls. What struck me immediately was my dog's balls. What struck me immediately as odd was the kids weren't wearing any costumes. 
They were in normal street clothes. Also, no customary trick-or-treat either. I began to feel very uneasy, unlike a Sunday morning, again. It was a girl and a boy. The girl, to my left, was older. I'd say about 11 or 12. Oh yeah, she's old. I could tell she was blonde, but I couldn't make out any distinct features as our lights are from high above and on columns at the front of the porch, so most of the light was coming from behind them. That's right, you're not supposed to go into the light. That's actually one of the biggest lies. I had not opened the door wide enough for any light from the inside to hit them directly. The boy was younger and about a foot shorter, I'd say eight or nine, and looked to have light brown hair. The girl very politely spoke up. Ma'am, can we please come inside and use your phone to phone our mother? Do has to let us in. House on fire. As she spoke, something in the pit of my stomach was telling me something was wrong. It was probably all the narcos, but that makes you constipated. It's okay. What kid, even at that age, doesn't have a cell phone of their own these days? I couldn't remember the last time I'd had anyone ask to use my home phone. Hun, don't you have a phone of your own you can call your mom on? I asked. This was... Okay, it actually says this. This was things really got weird. It says that. I'm assuming it means this was when things really got weird. So, according to the story, this is when things start to get really weird. Okay, here we go. Both kids turned to one another like they were going to say something to one another, but neither ever spoke. They both turned back to me and the girl said, Ma'am, my cell phone battery doesn't have any charge left in it. We have to get to the chopper. Can we please come inside and call our mother? We're alone out here and my brother is scared. I have to admit, there were two competing feelings going on inside of me. The first, that of a mother's heart that wanted to help these two small children get to their mom. Junior! Junior! The other, a sinking fear in my gut that was keeping the other feeling at bay. It was then I noticed that during the short conversation I'd already opened the door a few extra inches, which I was completely unaware of doing. I stopped. Honey, why don't you give me your mother's number and I can call her myself? Another pause and they again looked at one another. After a short moment, they turned back to me and the girl said, Ma'am, my little brother has to use your bathroom. Can we please come inside while you call our mother? And with that last statement, the little girl moved closer to the door. Oh, it's, she's not talking anymore. Uh, And with that last statement, the little girl moved closer toward the door like she was just going to walk in by me. Walk on in by me. You just gonna walk in on my house? You gonna traipse in here? Mm-hmm. Yeah, with your big old black eyes? Mm-hmm. I don't know about that. I don't, I don't know about that, Arnold. As she did, she stepped into the light coming from inside the house, and I got my first real good look at her. Solid, jet black eyes. That's all I could see. That motherly instinct was gone and replaced by terror, and I don't think I've ever felt that in my life. I could feel every hair on my arms, the back of my neck and my armpits and my booty cheeks and the back of my ankles standing at attention and my nipples and my lower back. Definitely my lower back. And that one mole in my face. And my right ear. I closed the door to where my... I closed the door to where just my face was able to stick out. The little girl stopped and again pleaded. 
Please, ma'am, we're really scared and alone out here. We have to come inside. Do has to help us. Please help us. Then, like on cue, both kids began... Then, like on cue, both kids began to whimper and cry. That's when the fear took over. <laughs> yes, sad crying children. I'm afraid. Especially when they sound like Arnold. We have to come inside. You have to let us in. <laughs> They're going to turn me into Hauser. I don't want to be Hauser. I could still see them stand there on the porch. I shouted through the door. Both kids began to whimper and cry. Okay. That's when the fear took over and I shut and locked the door. I'll call your mom if you give me the number I shouted through the door, but I'm not letting you in my house. I could still see them stand there on the porch, just staring at me through the beveled glass pane. Part of me wanted to run upstairs to my husband, but the bigger part didn't want to lose track of where they were. They would have freaked me out even more to not know where they were. After what seemed like forever, but probably only a few seconds, I decided I'd call my neighbor that lives across the street. <laughs> As I made my way to the side table by our couch to my phone, I glanced at the back door. Chloe was nowhere to be found. We later found her in the guest room under the bed. When I got to my phone and started to look for this contact info, it was only then the kids stepped away from the door and began to walk to the street. As they did, I walked to the door to get a better look to see where they went, still not calling my neighbor. If you get close enough to the glass, you can see out enough to make people's shapes but you can't okay if you get close enough to the glass you can see out enough to make out people's shapes but you can see much detail of course standing that close to the door would make you pretty obvious to anyone outside looking in from the door i could see the kids were still standing under the street lamp nearest my house staring at me as i lifted the phone to my ear after calling only then did the kids start walking down our street I met my neighbor out under the lamp once he was out there, but the kids were nowhere to be seen. Like I said, I don't believe in any of this stuff and had never even heard about the black-eyed kids before they played the Super Bowl. What I really think, what I have to think, is these kids were just out yanking people's chains on Halloween night for five bucks a piece. But I will say this for them, they were good, really good at it. They scared the S out of me and my dog. Click to the next page. We are going to click to the next page. Are we on this ride? Black Eyed Kids, y'all. Raise the roof for the Black Eyed Kids. It's going down. It's going down right now. Yo, it's rolling. All right. <laughs> this. <laughs> Story number four. You Must Let Me In. Written by. <laughs> Written by Big Taco. One, two, three. On March 17th, 2008, I had my one and only encounter with a black-eyed kid. Oh, sounds special. Before my experience, I had never heard of anything to do with the black-eyed kids. I was 12. I was sitting outside of a hairdresser's in an old Chevy pickup, waiting for my mom to get her hair cut. About 15 minutes had passed and I saw some kid walking back and forth along the sidewalk in front of my parked car. At first, I thought I recognized him as one of my friends from school, so I banged on the front windshield until he looked my way. It was not anyone I knew. At this point, I was not scared at all. Not yet. 
The boy walked over to my side. Wait, here we go. The boy walked over to the side of my care and just stares. <laughs> it's what it says. He walked over to my side of my care and just stares. He just stares at my side of my care. I think to let me get a good look at his eyes. To freak me out. Let me tell you. If you have never seen a black-eyed kid, their music is so terrible. You'll want to stab your ears with barbecue skewers. Let's get it started. Where is the skewers? <sighs> okay, I'm alright. I was a top 40 DJ in 2006. Black-eyed kid. I have PTSD. If you've never seen a black-eyed kid, you have no idea what to imagine. Pupils black as the night sky. The boy whispers, You must let me in. And then I locked the car doors and ducked down into the space below the seats. Five minutes later, he was gone. When my mother got into the car, she told me a boy with black eyes had come, <laughs> had came into the hairdressers, had insisted for my mother to give him the keys to the car. She refused. Thank God she did. Ooh, because he was trying to get in the car, yo. He'd be like, mm-hmm. Mama's in there getting a haircut. You want to like, you know. Mm-hmm. Story number five. They just stared. Written by Freelancer 47. And pale. Her hair was a light shade of... The one time, early 2010, I was walking home from work and found myself escorting a young lady to her car. She asked me to escort her. And... Hoping I talk her into a drink or two. Or twelve, probably right, am I right? Virtual high five, bro. I'd already had a few myself. I'd get a number, or possibly get laid that night. Ooh, oh, cheeky. Get laid. Well, the 80s are back, everybody. I'm not gonna lie. She was kind of hot. No shit, though. She looked scared. Okay, where is this going? I kept walking with her and was trying to at least coax her out of her... Oh, coax? <laughs> Oops. I kept walking with her and was trying to at least coax out of her what she was so worried about. She would only comment about some really creepy-looking kids who were following her. Ew. Being we were in the downtown Seattle area, this could amount to... Anything. Heroin <laughs> be the death of me. So we kept walking and talking. No big whoop. I kept looking behind us to see if the little fuckers were in tow. <laughs> Nothing popped up out of the ordinary. Then she grabs my arm really hard and whispered, I'm hungry. <laughs> no, she says, uh, that's them. They were about half a block in front of us, just standing there and looking at her so I do the prudent thing to do which was cross the street I make sure I lock eyes with the big one and I keep in mind once I get the lady to her car that I'll have to take him out because he's the biggest one and that way he'll be the example I, oh, I, I get the lady to her car then I'd give them an earful about being a couple little shits for scaring a lone woman in a metropolitan area Especially when we're trying to gentrify. Seriously, you can't be young and scary on the street. 
You sure they're not thinking the black hooded kids or the red hooded kids? Like seriously, this is starting to feel a bit like, oh, they they really don't want to beautify the neighborhood. You, you know, it's not like when I went to blah, 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 they have theater and art and, you know, restaurants and wine bars and it's wonderful. And the homeless, they just melted them somehow in the streets. They just went into the sewer and now they fertilize the giant park we go to. So I did the prudent thing to do. I didn't get scared or anything, but did notice something strange. They didn't break eye contact with me. Mind you, I don't look like the kind of guy you want to fuck with. <laughs> Honestly, it's an unconscious front since I'm a bit shy. Oh, he's just shy. Yeah, he looks like he wants to choke me. No, he's just shy. It's okay. It's just, he's just shy. Well, really? Really? He doesn't... He's giving me the I'm gonna stab you in the face when you're not looking and take your fruit cup look. My look reminds people of either a skinhead or a club bouncer. Oh, yeah, not, not a good look if you're trying to be a nice guy in public. The black tanger boots and Van Dyke mixed with the above don't make me look like a person or a look. <laughs> I didn't mean to say that. The black tanger boots and Van Dyke mixed with the above don't make me look like a people person either. People break eye contact with me constantly. These two kids didn't. That was a red flag for me. I finally got this woman to her car. She said thanks. I made sure to tell her where the local police station is at. The Seattle PD West Precinct was only about five blocks from where we were at. Click to the next page. That's it? <laughs> okay, that's the end of the... Where we were at. That's the end of the story. All right, hold on a second. Oh, God, we're only on story six. Trick or Treat? Written by... Halloween Warning. This really freaked me out. Yesterday, I noticed my neighbor hadn't put out all of his Halloween decorations, slash lights, slash etc. The past two years I've lived next to him, he's gone all out for Halloween. I don't know him well. He's younger, single, but I know he likes kids. Oh, not in a creepy way. Oh, his brother and sister-in-law and their kids are always visiting him and he plays with his three young nieces and nephews out in the yard. So anyway, I got home from work, and he was walking up my driveway, and I saw him outside, and he said something like, Hey man, you better get your Halloween stuff up, or that house up the street is going to beat you for best decorations. Hey man, you better get your Halloween stuff up, or that house up the street is going to beat you senseless with a fucking pumpkin. I mean, it's going to beat you for best decorations. He kind of smiles sheepishly and says that he's actually going to keep his house dark this year and watch Soul Plane. I mean, just put candy out. I mean, just watch Requiem for a Dream. I, I asked if he was going out of town, but he said no. Something happened last year that really scared him. Now I was concerned for my own safety. If some weirdos were coming around our neighborhood with copies of Old Boy which is a pretty safe neighborhood with tons of young families living here. Yeah, young people. Super safe. Who has the energy to go do crazy evil stuff? Young people. Oh, look at my pituitary glands. They tell me to stab. So, I asked him what happened. He said last year he had his brother's family over so they could trick-or-treat in the neighborhood since they live in an apartment complex that doesn't do much for Halloween. Tragedy. He had a bunch of kids come to the door like always. His family took off around 10.30, and they were only a few older trick-or-treaters. But by 11.30, they were pretty much done. 
So he was inside, watching TV, and the doorbell rings. He grabs the candy bowl and heads over, noticing that's a little past midnight, and that's pretty rude for trick-or-treaters to still be out. But then he notices he hasn't turned off all his decoration lights yet, so his house is still a beacon. He swings the door open and is about to yell, Boo! or something to freak them out, but stops dead when he sees the kids at the door. He said one was probably around 13 or 14, and the other around 16 or 17. Both boys. They weren't dressed up, but he remembers the older one was wearing a flannel checkered shirt. Okay, so they're basically half of Morrissey's backing band from the early 90s. He was immediately overcome with uneasiness, like opening the door was a huge mistake. (laughs) They just stared at him, and he noticed that they had really big irises and dilated pupils. He couldn't even see the whites of their eyes, so he figured they were contact lenses. He was frozen there holding the candy bowl like he couldn't slam the door in their face as much as he wanted to. (laughs) He wanted to slam the door in their face so much, but he couldn't even do it nearly as much as he wanted to. Just just slam it a little bit. Okay. So he nervously tried to smile at them, hoping they would break character and ask for candy. Something. Ooh. The younger one said they had gotten lost and needed to come in and use his phone. Kinky. Kinky. That was when he closed the door more than halfway on them and said, No, sorry. And the older one said something like, Can we just wait in your house until our parents come get us? But by then he was convinced that his life was in danger and these kids might be high on something or intending to rob him. And he just kept mumbling, No, sorry. Good night. As he inched door closed and locked it he told me he was so fucking scared at that point that they were gonna try to break in through one of his windows and take his meth or something but he looked through the peephole and they had turned to leave he watched tv with the volume really low so he could hear any sounds at all and he said he stayed up until 5 a.m because he was too scared to go to bed and drop his guard The whole time he's telling me this, I'm thinking, oh my god, this sounds so familiar, just like the Black Eyed Kids urban legend. Then I thought, hey, maybe this dude is trying to scare me because after all, he does have the Halloween spirit. So I'm looking at him incredulously, but trying not to seem too gullible. So I'm like, man, this is really crazy. Sounds like Black Eyed Kids. He just looks at me blankly. The what? Is that a movie or something? And I said no, but told him to go look it up online. Like an hour later, I get a knock on my door, and admittedly, almost jump out of my skin thinking it's a demon child. It might be the demon child again in the door. Like, oh no, the demon child is back. I don't want to buy any more of your demon scout cookies. They're made from real Girl Scouts. That's disgusting. I can't have them. They make me gassy. And none of them have peanut butter. Like an hour later, I get a knock on my door... And admittedly, almost jump out of my skin thinking it's a demon child. (laughs) Ha ha, must be Christian. It was my neighbor, and his eyes were freaking huge. Oh, okay, yeah, seriously, I've been there before. He swears to me up and down that he has never heard of the BEKs before, and it's so similar to what happened to him. So we talked a while longer, and I told him that quite a few people probably know about that urban legend, and it's possible it was just teenagers with black scleral contracts contacts, three to one contacts, trying to freak people out on Halloween, which would be genius, by the way. But he said the fear he felt was so primal and came over him the second he opened the door for them. 
click to the next page. Story 7. We're only on 7? Every story I've read about them is from someone who already knew about them. From No Sleep Trash. I agree. I don't want any sleep trash anywhere near me. No Sleep Trash. Last night was like any other night. I was switching between listening to music and watching YouTube videos with one headphone in so I could hear my infant daughter if she cries. That way my wife can get a full night's sleep. She works at 4am at the hospital every day. When I decide to go lay down in the spare bed in the baby's room, just as I nodded off from a huge dose of heroin, I heard a thumping coming from the front porch. Startled at first, I remembered all of the kittens I had in the wet bag out front, the wet burlap sack, the one I'd set on fire, you know, the wet one that's on fire, and the clowns I had hanging by their heels, and, uh, oh god, I'm trying to think of atrocities, I'm trying to riff here about atrocities, you know, <laughs> just as I dozed off, I heard a thumping coming from the front porch, dead kittens, dead clowns, live mimes, being eaten alive by dead rats, startled at first, I opened my eyes wide and scanned the room. Realizing it was most likely my cat scratching himself on the front porch, I doze back off. Then again, the thumping. Damn cat! I got out of bed to run him off the porch, only to see he wasn't there anymore. Now that I was up again, I wasn't the least bit tired. I figured I'll just get some tea and check Facebook while I'm up. Maybe finish the web series I was watching on YouTube. A few minutes into the video, I felt the sudden urge to look up in the kitchen window. There they were. The tops of two statured people's heads cresting the stairs just above my window frame. The people were just short enough to not see in the window, but I could see out. I heard no footsteps on my porch as my stomach turned. But the knock, the knock was a steady, hollow thump. The very same thump I had just blamed on my cat, because I am an idiot. Deciding it was best not to answer, I shut my laptop and crept by the door back to the baby's room. I don't hear no thumping. Maybe my wife can go check on it because, you know, I didn't even notice. I assumed it was some of the people from the low-income housing across the road from me that were high or hiding from the cops. Or maybe looking for my cousin who stays with me often and has many friends over there. <laughs> the last thing I needed was to try to explain to two stoners that I was trying to sleep even though it was 2 a.m. Because stoners are stupid. Yeah. It wasn't until I got to my daughter's room that the creepiness set in. The thump had moved from the kitchen to the bedroom windows, both windows, a room apart, thumping in perfect time. These stoners were gonna wake my daughter if I didn't run them off now. <laughs> Pissed off, I went out to the kitchen, unlocked and opened the door, ready to run around to the side of the house and kick some little idiot's ass. Standing there looking up at me were two 10 or 11 year old boys. The feeling of dread and the smell of mold almost made me vomit. The smaller of the two then spoke. May we use your telegraph? Huh? I just stared blankly at these boys, horrified of what I then realized. Their eyes were pitch black. He asked again to use my telegraph. There wasn't a sound to be heard, no crickets chirping, no dogs barking, no cars driving by, nothing. I tried to play it cool and ignore the fact that he didn't say telephone or phone or cell 
Anything that would have made any sense of the situation and calmly replied, I don't have service at my house, sorry. The expressions on their faces turned to rage as I finished my sentence. Swiftly, I shut the door and locked it as quickly as I could, then stumbled back to protect my daughter. I picked her up from her crib and held her close. The fact that she didn't wake up freaked me out the most, but I managed to gather my senses enough to make sure she was still breathing and warm. Everything seemed okay with her. The thumping on the windows was back. My Navy SEAL training kicked back in. I dropped to the floor as close to the wall as I could and held my little girl in my arms and wept like a child. I felt helpless and afraid. I lied there for what felt like hours and hours crying and shaking and listening to Creed until I vomited my lungs out. And then I heard it. My wife's alarm clock. The thumping stopped the instant the alarm went off and I crept into the master bedroom with the baby. What's wrong with you, my wife axed. I just had a bad dream, is all I could mutter out. Okay, well give me the baby so I can feed her before work. I handed my wife the baby and she fed her like any normal day. I turned on every light in the house and made coffee for her, for the baby. For some reason, just having her awake calmed my nerves enough to pretend like nothing happened. I walked her out to the car nervously with the baby in my arms. I asked her not to leave until I walked back into the house. She was put off by the request, but <laughs> she was put off by the request, but did so to humor me. Once I was safely in the house, I locked the door again, and in the house I sat horrified until she got home. I insisted we go to the next town over and stay the weekend at my brother's house. And here I sit, horrified, while she sleeps in the guest room with my daughter, wondering why they stopped when the alarm went off. I think I know the answer. I was aware of the BEKs. She wasn't. Every story I've read about them is from someone who already knew about them. Maybe just knowledge of them existing is the only reason they visit. I'm afraid. And I'm sorry. <laughs> this is supposed to be a real encounter. Come on. Come on. <laughs> Your girl likes Marilyn Manson. That's all it is. All right. Click to the next page. No, you won't be calling. <laughs> Story number eight. No, you won't be calling anybody. This is written by Hammerhands. The incident <laughs> took place about 13 years ago. I had just moved to a new city with my wife. We were small town newlyweds from the Midwest. We moved cross-country to one of the biggest cities in the Southwest so I could attend graduate school. Being naive and new to city living, I habitually answered the door without a second thought, never again after this. Landshark, Candygram, um, can I uh, come in and uh, skin your wife and make, make a lampshade? Uh, she has lovely skin, and I know she uses the right lotion, and she would make a lovely lampshade. I have snacks, flowers, ma'am. The first thing that should have tipped me off to the peculiar <laughs> first thing that should have tipped me off to the peculiarity peculiar first thing that should have tipped me off to the peculiar peculiarity the weirdness of this situation was the fact that someone was knocking at six o'clock in the morning. The second thing that should have dawned on me is this kid had to reach over a rather tall patio gate to unlatch and open it. The knock on the door was startling. My wife and I were getting ready for work. A pretty normal routine. 
The moment I opened the door, I was overtaken with an inexplicable sense of fear. To this day, I can picture him. Teenager, average height, average build, knee length, black, leather coat. He was slender. Short black hair and sunglasses. And it was a light shade of honey. Phase plasma rifle, 16 volt range. Uzi 9 millimeter. Brass knuckles. Those funky knuckles. The sunglasses at 6 a.m. struck me as odd and even more odd. He was eating an apple. <laughs> he was very polite and asked if he could come in and warm up. I said, no, put your pants on. What are you doing? <laughs> I said, no. Closed the door and slid the security chain into place. A moment later, another knock. I opened the now chain door and before I could speak, he asked again if he could come in and warm up. No, I replied and attempted to close the door. Before the door could shut, he put his hand out, stopping the door on its hinges. He looked directly into my eyes, piercing my soul. His warm, loving eyes, flowing hair, and throbbing, huge, big toe on his left foot. It was fucking disgusting. Seriously, you need to get that looked at or maybe even amputated. I... No, I replied and attempted to close the door. Before the door could shut, he put his hand out, stopping the door on its hinges. He looked directly into my eyes, still wearing his sunglasses and saying, Can I at least get some ketchup for my apple? <laughs> I like this one. It's freaky, baby. It's freaking me out. Can I at least get some ketchup for my apple? Fuck that, I reply, albeit a little confused. Get the hell out of here. My wife is calling the police, you ketchup fiend. He takes a moment to let this information sink in, lowers his glasses, revealing eyes as black as obsidian, and says, No, you won't be calling anybody. We have to use your phone. At that moment, I force the door closed, lock it, and call out to my wife. Hide all of the fucking ketchup. There was a reason. She is scared shitless. Shitting. Hiding. Shitting herself. Hiding and shitting. Shitting and hiding. Shitting. Shitting herself. Hitting. Shitting and hiding. Hiding and shitting and hiding. Shitting and hiding. Shitting and shitting in the bedroom. Hiding and shitting. All jacked up on adrenaline. That's that new street shit the kids are into. Serious. That adrenaline shit. No joke. No joke. Monkey spanking, no joke. The monkey ain't no joke. You need to spank the fuck out of that monkey. All jacked up on adrenaline. Rip the curtain back to look out of the window. Next to the door. He's gone. Absolutely no trace of him. I go out on the patio and check the gate. It's still latched from the inside? That was fucked up. I think to myself. And as I turn to enter the house, I notice a half-eaten apple. Lying on the ground fucking lying ass half-eaten apple why you gotta lie you ain't gotta lie to kick it you stupid fuck okay. just let us in to use your phone <laughs> no we're on story number nine but on the page right now there's a, an advertisement an advertisement for the sporty dog fitness drills for you and your dog and it's a silhouette of someone up against like some giant grand canyon or 
Sedona, I don't know, some giant uh, nature-made rock you. sculpture. And the person, they're doing some kind of stretching, and the dog's just sitting there because the dog doesn't give a flying fig. Why do you put your dog through that? Dog just needs discipline and wants to run and eat and shit and smell stuff. Story number nine. I was having a visceral experience all over my body. The writer of this, Crash Atlas. Isn't that a band? (sighs) I'd be lying if I told you I didn't know about black-eyed kids before this happened to me. Late summer last year. I definitely did. Now, in the moment, that idea never crossed my mind, but afterward, hell yes. And the thought led to all kinds of regret I realize is stupid. But I'm getting ahead of myself. These are all real accounts, right? I thought people's terrifying accounts, people's fairly well-written journal entries about the black-eyed kids. Let me tell you about my neighborhood. I live in a poor part of town. A big ghetto, a bit of the barrio, a bit of the lower economic class of a cross-section of races. It's law. Oh, L.A., sorry. The apartment complex spans a short block. It's dusty brown like the desert we live in. It's got two pools, lots of little Mexican children, and, for the most part, a pretty friendly population. I am a destitute writer trying to make it in Hollywood, so I spend my free time writing. When this happened, I was working mostly in the mornings and afternoons. I would get home, hit the gym, and then settle in for an evening in front of the computer. It's pretty common for the evenings in the summer to be chaotic around our apartment complex. Kids playing in the pool. The ice cream man pushing his drugs. Pushing his cart up and down the sidewalk like a madman because he's on meth. Women talking outside the laundry room. Hey, I do my own laundry, but I am pretty much the only guy I see here doing it. You know, nice, low income, but meth, 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 pleasant. Like a mixed race, 21st century version of a 50s sitcom. And people will knock on your door, sometimes to borrow something. I cook, so neighbors pop by to find out the origins of the great aromas wafting from my kitchen window because I am white and everything I do is wonderful. Sometimes for a little help working on a broken down car, but mostly it's kids selling candy bars or Christmas wrapping paper or meth or jittery tweakers, selling magazine subscriptions or meth or old Mexican men selling bootleg DVDs or meth. Lots of Jehovah's... Methnesses, wit, wit, method, methova witness. Look at all these fucking meth heads. Because it's hot out, I leave my windows open. AC isn't cheap, and I've got no money. Remember? Hoping for the cross breeze. That means, though I can't see anyone from where I sit and work, I can hear them very clearly as they walk up to my door. Meth, 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 meth. When I hear someone knock, I answer it. Besides buying the occasional candy bar, I smile, politely decline, wish them a nice day, and send them off. No big deal. That evening it was quiet, which was strange in and of itself. I should have at least been able to hear the distant sound of ranchero music. (laughs) I heard a couple of people walk up to my door. I'm not the first apartment in my courtyard, so usually I hear the salespeople as they knock on my neighbor's doors and work their way around to me. Not this time. 
whoever it was knew that I wanted meth and walked right up to my door and knocked. I got up to answer it, reaching for the door handle when a chill went through my body like I have never experienced. A cold tightness in my chest. I halted my hand movement towards the door handle and placed it flat on the door as if I was feeling for heat from a fire. Backdraft, backdraft. I have a peephole on my door, but it never crossed my mind to use it. <laughs> I stood there with my hand flat on the door and listened. They knocked. They knocked again. Party rocking, knocking the door. I don't scare easily. And I wasn't exactly afraid. But I was having a visceral experience all over my body. A base fear reaction. Just like I could hear them. They had heard me move to the door. They knew I was inside. Yes, I said. Who is it? A boy's voice answered. We need to use your phone. Yeah, that's not gonna happen. I started laughing. I stress laugh when I am in pain or under pressure. I stress laugh. Oh, I see what you're saying. It's not I stress laugh. It's I stress laugh. When I am in pain or under pressure, I actually do the real, the same thing. It's <laughs> yeah. Right now, my leg has been severed, and <laughs> they heard me laughing, and neither of us moved for about a minute or two—a really, really long minute or two. Finally, they walked away, not to any of the other of the eight doorways within fifteen feet. Not to ask anyone else. Before they could have gone more than a dozen yards, curiosity reasserted itself and I yanked the door open, running after them to see who it was and where they were headed. The courtyard of my complex was completely empty. Afterwards, I thought the experience fit the stories about black-eyed kids, and I kicked myself for not opening the door. Coming face-to-face with black-eyed kids, telling them how bad their music sucks, how they used to be a far side rip-off group. How cool would that have been? But then I remember that feeling, my skin crawling and that certain knowledge in me that, my skin crawling and the certain knowledge in me at that moment. There was no way in hell I was opening the door at the time. <laughs> hey boy, let's keep this party going. Story 10, he told me to never agree to help them. Written by Bloody Bones. Bloody bones. Bloody bones. Bloody bones. And there's another goddamn sporty dog. Work out with your fucking dog head. Oh, really? Don't make your dog do yoga. This is terrifying. It was a cold October evening, not too far off from Halloween. I remember sitting in my room playing the original Suikoden. Suikoden. Is that like Sudoku? Uh, I, don't, I don't speak white language. The evening was slowly creeping by, so I decided to go to the corner store. It was only three blocks. Shouldn't be much trouble, right? <sighs> yeah, just get in the car and do it. During my walk, I see the normal. The occasional person putting up Halloween decorations and kids playing in their yards. But this story is about something far more sinister. I remember seeing two teens, about age 14, knocking on a door, asking to use the phone. Which of course I thought was weird because most teens these days have phones. As I kept walking, they stopped and stared at me for a short moment. I felt the blood in veins. Blood in <laughs> That's the sentence. Blood I felt the blood in veins chill. 
I felt so creeped out I hurried to the next block. The next block seemed fine until I looked behind me and saw the two teens were following me. I took off sprinting to the store at this point, bro, because you know I'm like totally mid-valley champion sprinting and sprinting bro. That's what I'm known as. Sprinting bro. I saw the sign for the store and relief washed over me. I opened the door and I told the cashier about what happened on the way here. He looked at me slightly creeped out and told me a story about this happening to him in his hometown and how they found him the day he left and asked for his help in an emotionless voice and he told me to never agree to help their foreigners. Don't help them. Don't agree. I saw the sign for the store and relief washed over me. I opened the door and I told the cashier about what happened on the way here. He looked at me slightly creeped out and told me a story about this happening to him in his hometown and how they found him the day he left and asked for his help in an emotionless voice and told me to never agree to help. Do not help the outsiders. (laughs) He told me another story, but at that point I was no longer paying attention because they were standing at the door asking to be let in. Creepy! The cashier freaked out and locked the door. Okay, we're just going to... Here's the sentence. Life. I mean, okay, here's the sentence. The teens never seemed to waver or leave. They wouldn't step away from the door. It had been an hour. The cashier and I were all ready to fight our way out, but instead he took me out the back. The one teen came around the back just as the door shut behind us. Can you help me is all he could say. He was closing in on us and his eyes. They were black as a starless night. They were peering right into my soul. I couldn't help but gaze into his eyes. The terror. I can't remember too much of what happened next. But I do recall the sounds of struggle. Uh-oh. <coughs> when I came to... T-O-O. That's, when I came to, that basically means... <laughs> what you, you meant to write was when I came T-O. When I, I'm pretty sure when I came to, when I woke up. But what you wrote is... Well, essentially, is uh, you ejaculated as well. Uh, when I came to... The cashier was struggling with both teens. <laughs> terrible. <coughs> awful, terrible, terrible, awful. He was calling out to me for help, but I had already come. I ran toward them, grabbed him by his collar, and pulled him between the two, and knocking them over in the process, I didn't look back until I was near my house. The cashier was gone, but the teens were still following behind. I ran into my house, closed all the blinds, and turned the music up, and smoked hella meth. I got lucky that day, but I'm not sure how long I can keep out of their grasp. I tried to find and thank the cashier for saving my life that day, but he didn't show up for work after that. I asked his boss, and he told me he called over the phone and quit, said he was moving to Colorado. To this very day, I sometimes feel the fear of those eyes watching me as I drive to work. I sometimes will look out my window and swear I see them watching my house from a couple blocks away, waiting for the next chance. 
next chance. Coco, that method will make the cash. Ooh, this is a short one. Story 11. Survival Story by Pyrick Lancaster. I helped them once. Never, ever, under any circumstance, do it. I'm not sure what they do, but it feels as if they are ripping your soul out. They get really close to you, and you get amazingly drowsy. If it weren't for my girlfriend showing up... Here's the line. If it weren't, with no apostrophe, if it weren't for my girlfriend showong up mid show s-h-o-w-o-n-g if it weren't if it weren't for my girlfriend showong up mid hyphen invasion in quotes and kicking them out leave it to your girlfriend to show up and kick them out kicking them out I probably would be dead I Next sentence isn't even... None of this is capitalized. I didn't even see the black eyes until I had let them in. They're getting smarter. By the looks of your grammar, it's not that they're getting smarter. It's this... Oh my god, I'm dissing. Okay. Black-eyed grandparents. Written by DJ Monkey Doo. Story 12. Getting there. It's almost over. Bit of scene setting. In 96-97, I lived in a fairly old terraced house with a cemetery at the end of the road. Cliché, I know, but it's an important detail. Nothing remarkable about the house or the area. It was just convenient for college. And of course, my torture basement. Anyway, I was up late one night on my PC in my bedroom, which looked out onto the street. It was about 2 or 3 a.m. For whatever reason, probably to give my eyes a rest, I wandered over to the window and looked down the road in the direction of the cemetery. Although it was too far down the street for me to see, and I saw three people walking slowly down the road. I could see that they were quite old and appeared to be dressed in funeral clothes, which given the hour was weird. No, that's probably just homeless people, depending on where you live. There were two women and a man. I'd put their ages at about 80, and the woman in the middle was being steadied, guided by the other woman and the man. As they came closer, I got the impression that she was upset. My first thought was that given their age, she had been recently... (laughs) My first thought was that given their age, she had recently buried her husband and grief had caused her to behave slightly irrationally, causing her to try to be out near the cemetery at that hour, and that the other two friends, relatives trying to look after her and get her home... Anyway, it was all interesting enough for me to carry on watching as they got closer to the house. Just outside of the front of the house was a street lamp. I watched them as they made their way past, but when they got to the lamppost, they all stopped in the outset. Just outside of the front of the house was a street lamp. I watched them as they made their way past, but when they got to the lamppost, they all stopped, and the upset woman in the middle looked up at me and grinned. This was when things got weird. The grin became sort of a grimace. 
and if there were any color in her face to start with, it was now dead white. At that point, I realized I was staring right into her eyes, but her eyes were pitch black. Time sort of dilated. If you've ever crashed a car, the final split second before you make impact seems to drag out as you process more information than normal in the time frame. It was that sort of thing. I'm sure we only made eye contact for a second, but it felt like several minutes as my peripheral vision faded and I felt like all I could see were these two black holes in her face drawing me in. Although the distance between us didn't change, she somehow felt like she was coming closer, and I was kind of aware. Although I couldn't honestly see I could see them at that point, because I couldn't feel my face. I mean, <sighs> I couldn't honestly see I could see them at this point that the two people with her were just continuing to look down the road as if frozen, but waiting for this woman to finish whatever she was doing. I was suddenly hit with the intense feeling of dread and panic, so I threw myself on the floor, and I couldn't feel my face. As soon as I'd broken her gaze, I felt pretty stupid that this upset old woman who clearly needed help had spooked me so badly, so I looked out the window again, and there was no sign of them. It was a longish straight road, and the house was toward the middle, so Linford Christie would have trouble getting out of sight in the time I looked away, let alone three octogenarians. What the fuck is that? Seriously? I was under the guise that this is these are real encounters. And you can't feel your face, really, because that's what I'm getting from you. This just seems like a bunch. This is worse than like bad UFO encounters. Hey, we're wrong, right? Things are good. It seems like there's an end in sight. Number 13. They're on my balcony. Posted by Cutie Patootie. P-A number 2-T. Cutie Patootie. Let me tell you a little bit about myself. I'm in my early 20s. I just moved to this apartment. I tend to live a very private life. I don't even have a Facebook account. I work during the day at a grocery store. Okay, so I'm walking up my flight of steps to get to my apartment, and I hear these kids laughing, and then I heard whispering. It was kind of late, so I thought this was weird, but I ignored it and walked into my apartment. I live on the third floor. I was getting ready to open my balcony door. It was really muggy in my apartment. I walk over to the door and pull my blinds, and two kids are fucking, 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 I walk over to the front door and pull my blinds and two kids are fucking staring back at me. Sorry for the F-bomb, but I'm still shaking. I screamed and backed away, smashing my leg into the table. They were both in blue jeans, and the oldest, he was taller, had on a green shirt with white stripes, and the younger had on a button-up light blue shirt. So much detail. The oldest one touched the sliding door. Hey, miss, can you let us in? Uh-huh. The younger one just kept looking around, spun out, speed, 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 speed. I still just stared at them. I finally was able to say, How'd you get on my balcony? I walked to the door and noticed how excited the older one got. He moved closer to the entranche. Can you let us in? <laughs> I wasn't thinking... I unlocked the door and when I looked in, I wasn't thinking. I unlocked the door and when I looked up, their eyes, you guys, their eyes were black. The entire 
I. I quick locked the door and told them I had to call the police because my door was jammed and I couldn't unlock the Disnoa. Period. Lowercase. So I called the police. The oldest boy pleaded with me the entire time to let let them in. in. The police arrived about an hour ago. They came in and walked to the balcony. Oh shit, this is happening right now. We're in the midst of this shit. I hope everything works out okay. I'm riveted. Are you riveted? I am riveted. The police arrived about an hour ago. They came in and walked to the balcony. When they opened my balcony door, nothing was there. They looked down and saw two children. They were running in the parking lot away from the building. The police took a report and said they had to have had help getting up there and that they would question the neighbors. I'm freaking out. I'm crying. I don't want to stay here, but then again, I don't feel safe going outside right now. Click to the next page. Soon. Number 14. Soon. 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 Bye. Foo Master 2. F-U-U-U Master 2. All capitals. I live in a big city in South BC. I had just got home from The Conjuring. Scary shit, I'm telling you. I was lurking on our creepy and heard a knock on the Dizor. I walked over confused because I live alone and I'm a recluse. Just like them spiders that are brown, yo. I feel a kinship. As I approached the door, I felt pure terror. The feeling you get when you feel like death is imminent or you're facing your biggest fear. When I opened the door, I was shaking madly. I was staring into the face of a six foot three teenage girl. She was still four inches shorter than me, but I felt like I was about to faint. She asked if she could enter the premises because her mom had left town and she lost her keys. She claimed she needed a couch to sleep on and was cold. I blinked and screamed, bloody murder, slamming the door in her face. I ran to my room and grabbed my revolver. Yeah, 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 illegal. I know. And sat in the recliner facing the door until I dozed off. When I woke up and shook off the drug haze, I looked outside and she was gone, but the word soon was scratched weakly into the door. Weakly. Because she's a girl. That's the only reason I can think, right? Because this is obviously all bullshit. There's only two more. Only two more. Okay. Burp. Okay. Story 15. Don't go out at night and always beware the devils. Written by In the Labyrinth. Cause the world can be so cruel. Reading the stories, I had always been a skeptic. Stories, alleged first hand experiences, hauntings, possessions. They are all well and good for a quick chill, a cheap thrill, something I read to get my heart rate up. Getting scared can be fun sometimes, as long as you don't overdo it. Just a little something silly to get worked up about. In my lurking in books and on numerous site on the internet, credible or not, 
I have come across many a story or account about ghosts, demons, the Jersey Devil, you name it. Recently, I have found my way into stories about the Beck. Because <laughs> he's a loser. Or black-eyed kids. Oh, they're losers too. No, these children did not get a black eye from a fight. I don't believe there would be a soul out there with a backbone to try to attack these kids. No, BEKs are kids. If that was not straightforward enough, usually, from all the accounts I've read, in their teenage years, if they physically age at all, their eyes are pitch black. No pupils, no corneas, no white showing at all. Pitch black. They have olive skin and wear run-of-the-mill clothing, as in hoodies from Old Navy. However, in a non-physical sense, they dress just like DJ 4AM. They bring with them an overwhelming sense of fear and dread, just like DJ 4AM. They are intriguing, and when approached by them, again, from all the accounts I come across, it's like you are in a slight hypnosis, though you quickly snap out of it when your instincts take over, usually as you meet their eyes. Just like DJ 4AM. Just like DJ 4AM. Are the theories, the theories about what these BEKs may be? These theories range from lost souls to alien-human hybrids, and even to vampires. Though the latter may be an extreme sketch to link the BEK to the current social infatuation of vampires found commonly in young persons. Mer-millennials. In light of all this, I have always been a very fact-based person. If its existence... <laughs> if its existence was not apparent, or the existence of the thing in question was not testable and verifiable, to me, it did not exist. However, one night, one long terrifying night which still haunts me to this very day showed me the proof required to open my eyes and mind. My story begins when I left my mum's house. I had gone over to visit because my father, her husband of 63 years, recently passed away and mum wasn't taking it too well. This is a first-hand account. It's very flowery. We could get to the facts. There's only two left. I knew she needed support from one of her loved ones, and I was more than willing to go visit and keep her company, but it was getting late. My mum lives in the suburbs. Tiny lawns, plenty of neighbors, green day blaring out of every fucking window, paved roads, and even though it was near 11 p.m., when I left, the streets were extremely lit by the streetlights who always had your safety and ease of mind at heart. These lights only lit the road, though, and glancing across the street, the houses were cast in an eerie shadow. Even a rather safe, charming little neighborhood can seem spooky and an inviting one cast in shadow. I admit, the monsters were due on Maple Street. Sliding into my car, I revved the engine and waved to my mother who was standing in the doorway, wrapped comfortably in a warm shawl. <laughs> Here's a word I haven't seen in a while. She waved back. Her old and fragile arm shaking, not arms, arm. I saw her mouth, be careful, and I smiled backing out of the driveway because I knew I would not be careful. I would be reckless and I would run over puppies and kittens and steal Slurpees from the local convenience mart. I turned out of the neighborhood, 
deciding to take the back way, the shorter way, the dirty way, home tonight. In hindsight, that might not have been a good idea. I live a significant ways away, out in the middle of the country, in the old farmhouse I grew up in, which my father had left in my name when he and mom had moved out into a place smaller, more easy to care for and affordable and social with the chickens. They made many man chickens and were misunderstood, but the meat was delicious. He, my father, and the father of the man chickens, had always told me growing up, don't go out at night and always beware the devils. He was a strong believer in anything and everything paranormal and very superstitious. And I always had to resist the urge to laugh at his words, but I knew he meant well and he would eat fucking anything. Driving down the dark country roads, there were no streetlights and the half-assed paved road was cracked and filled with potholes. The fields on either side of the road were empty, just blank stretches of overgrown grass and untended shrubbery. The dark outline of the trees of the woods could be seen looming all the way across the fields on the shadowy horizon. One might have even seen a deer or two once in a while in those fields, but not tonight. The moon offered little light as the sky rolled with dark, threatening clouds, ready to burst with rain or a storm at any moment. Sure enough, a few moments later, the low grumble of thunder sounded, heavy and long. However, no rain fell just yet, much to my pleasure. I hate driving at night and in the rain, and putting those two together would end badly. I had my hammer in the trunk. I just knew it would end badly. Accompanied only by the occasional roll of thunder, I started to feel a bit anxious. I can't explain it. I just felt shaken up, probably because it was night and it could start raining, or maybe I had been reading too many ghost stories and legends, and tonight seemed to reflect the mood of the stories I read almost obsessively. To try and calm myself, I flicked on my old car's radio and turned the old-fashioned knob back and forth, slowing down a bit as I attempted to find a station that came in clearly. Nothing doing. Weird. There was a broadcasting tower right near here, but it usually came in perfectly clear as day, but still nothing. The white noise and static of the blank stations was doing nothing to appease my anxiety. I gripped the steering wheel tightly as more thunder boomed from the sky. Aggravated, I forcefully shut off the radio, gritting my teeth. Glancing down at the dashboard, I noticed I was nearly out of gas. Groaning, I searched the road for a sign of gas. As I was scanning the side of the road, can we just fucking meet these kids for fuck's sake? Seriously. I mean, how much mundane shit are you going to do? This is unnecessary. You're making the demon come out of me. Hurry up. I'm going to skip ahead. Yes, okay. Two figures, rainy and dark. I've been through like 15 of these so far. Seriously, where are the black-eyed kids? The figures were now at the entrance to the gas stop and my breath was quick and shallow. 
As I blindly sh- Poop, death, death, kill, kill. This is creepy. Willie and I don't care. Shut up, you damn whiners. You saw some kids. Fuck you, asshole, butthole, boo titles. You have been listening to the Creepy Podcast, the production of the Vampire on the Pony Network. I watch you when you sleep, sweet dreams. Poop, death, death, kill, kill, 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 death, death, kill,